Welcome back to the Librarian Linkover podcast. I am your host, Laureen Kennard. We are 80 episodes into my podcast at this point. My guests continue to change the paradigm on how people view our skills, which has always been the goal of the Librarian Linkover. My guests are proving that our skills can be used outside of libraries, showing that we can provide value in any environment. Most of my guests have been librarians who are not working in official libraries. But what I'm hearing from many listeners is they want to move up in their current library or move to another type of library. This podcast is helping librarians view their skill sets more clearly. I want to create content that's super relevant, so I want to be responsive to listener feedback. Thinking about some of the difficult environments that some librarians are experiencing, I am going to do more to support librarians working in libraries by highlighting their writing projects or side businesses. Today, I'm talking with another librarian who's an author. He's written six books. Joe Neese is library director at the Chippewa Falls Public Library in Northwest Wisconsin. And I'm saying this with my Northern Illinois accent, <laughs> my uh, Flatlander accent, as yeah. they might say in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing better than librarians writing books is talking to them on my podcast. Joe. Welcome to the Librarian Linkover. Thank you, Lorraine. I appreciate the invite. Well, I found you from the International Women's Baseball Center's book club, where we discussed Fields Apart, which is a novel about a girl during World War II who plays baseball. You're a lifelong sports fan. Why did you decide to write about sports in book form? Oh, so I, I kind of, um, I, with all due respect to, to my parents, I benefited from the I'm 45 from the parental neglect of that era of the 80s. <laughs> I kind of, they let me find my, my way and I, I just had tunnel vision for sports, you know, from a very young age. And, you know, I played sports, played baseball up until my mid twenties. And then when that kind of dropped off, I moved to writing about them. And then just, it's been going that way for, oh, the last, you know, I don't know, 15 years or so I've been writing about baseball sports. Yeah. What is your writing process like? Ooh, at this point now, it's kind of with, uh, we all have busy lives and stuff, but when, you know, I, I kind of liken it to scavenging whenever I can find the time, <laughs> you know, it, it might be on a 15 minute break at work or uh, a late night or an early morning or, you know, a couple hours on the weekend, but it's what, you know, just where I'm at right now in life, it's kind of just whenever I can find time. Um, but in the bigger picture of things, how stepping back, it's, you know, it always starts with research. I love research librarians, shocking. I like to do research <laughs> reference librarian that is, you know, so, um, I, I love the research aspect of things, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, I, I love digging into uh, research. So given that you're writing kind of in spurts, do you get writer's block? And if so, how do you handle it? Well, yeah, I, I do. I'm in or the middle. You have the opposite of writer's block where you want to keep writing. Yeah, I, no, I, you know, it was always when my book, when I had a book done, I'd immediately jump into a next project and just go full speed. But I've kind of, oh, just some, I've had some life events happen the last year or so that have kind of, you know, held me back from writing a little bit or, I don't know if that's an excuse or not, but, you know, so I'm kind of at a standstill writing wise, but with that said, I still have a bunch of pieces that I've, I've started, you know, I probably have, you know, five, six different things that I still come back to. I'll open them up, stare at them on my computer for a little bit, make a <laughs> note, correct something, add something, just 
even if I'm not writing, I'll still open something up and just even if it's one sentence or I correct some grammar that day, I, I kind of look at that as as a victory just to keep the ball the momentum going. So mm -hmm. that's good. So people who think they want to write a book, but they don't know how to go about getting a publisher, get it published. How did you find your publisher? So uh, in my nonfiction stuff, I went through McFarland, which is kind of the go-to for your uh, kind of not Mickey Mantle sports books. You know, you're you're not your big names. You know, so I I found them pretty easily. Uh, Fields Apart fiction, I I was I was shopping it for years. You know, I had best-selling authors giving me you know words of encouragement and and leads and but I just ne something never you know never clicked with people and. Um, you know, I, I started this book in like 2006 and, you know, I submitted it to a number of publishers over the years and finally found Row Publishing out of Georgia. And I just happened to see, oh, I'm on a baseball books Facebook group and someone had published something and they talked about their publisher a little bit, which was Row. And so um, I submitted to them and they enjoyed it. And so I worked with them last, they were really gracious. It was like about three years as I did other projects and stuff that they worked with me. So. Oh, yeah. it's a long I process. It, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was, but it, it worked just fine for this book. So, yeah. What suggestions can you give librarians who want to write books? I would say do it. You know, I, I said besides the publishing world, and I, I think librarians probably know more of what people are reading actually than the publishing world. <laughs> we're we're in the thick of it every day. So yeah, find, you know, we know what people are reading. If something sparks you, just go for it. You know, it's just publishing isn't, you know, and whether it's self-publishing or traditional publishing, it's just it's not that vanity publishing stigma that it was at one point, mm -hmm. you know. And, and I, I know I'm not. And imparting any um, groundbreaking words here, but yeah, it's just different. Just go for it. You know, there's a publisher out there for you or self-publish. Going back to when I was a reference librarian, you hated to have some local community member come in with their self-published book. And I had several times I had someone come in and say, here's my book. And I want you to have a book party on Saturday. Yeah. It's just not how it works. And you knew the book was going to be terrible, but yeah. I do agree with you that those have gotten a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I, from someone who got, you know, wants libraries to, to uh, purchase my book. I still, when someone just like me comes in the library, it's still, you know, they catch you off guard, the cold call, the cold pop in. It's it's mm -hmm. hard to navigate that sometimes, and you should have something in your collection development policy about local authors, you know, so you can just you have something to yeah. turn to. That's a good point. So changing gears a little bit, sort of yeah. jumping off on your policy and answer. Um, my podcast is a lot about leadership, and when mm -hmm. I have someone on who's in a, an executive level position like you, I'm going to take advantage of picking your brain on some of these leadership topics. Yeah. So did you always want to be a leader or did your career take you in that direction from working in libraries? I was always more of a follower, you know, a good follower coming from the uh, the sports world. I did what was told and, you know, mm -hmm. um, and performed my duties well, but it kind of got to that point where, what are you going to do here? So I started working in 2003 as a page, making $7 an hour, reshelving books. Um, and just kind of worked my way up. And, and I had gotten to, I'd been in this, my a reference librarian job at my current library for several years. 
Uh, the first director retired. I applied for the director job like a year in. I wasn't fit for it. Luckily, I didn't get it. Someone else got it. <laughs> he left. Another. I didn't apply the next time that person left. And so I finally applied. It was kind of in that life. You know, I was getting burnt out at the reference test as much as my heart is still in reference. Mm-hmm. I was burnt out there. And, uh, you know, I, we had just had a third child and my, you know, after discussions with my wife and where we wanted to go um, family-wise, we just, you know, we decided that uh, taking that step was was the right thing to do in my career at that point. What kind of manager are you? Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very hands-off. I expect if this, you know, professionally you should do your job, but um, I think that has come back to bite me a few times, a few times. I'm a non-confrontational person, which isn't always good. As a manager, you need to be able to uh, speak your mind, and I'm not always good at that, not uh, in full disclosure here. So I'm eight years into being a director, and I still feel like a new director sometimes. I'm still taking those classes to better myself and webinars. And so long long story to your question there, but yeah, I'm, I'm hands off, but I'm, I'm, I'm still uh, getting my feet, feet set here seven years in. You know, I don't think people realize, even people in libraries, what the director job is and how big it is. Mm -hmm. And I would, when I was a public library director, I would go to some networking meetings and think, wow, these people know so much. And I'm like, oh, because they went through it. If you've been through like coming at someone coming in with a subpoena for information, you know how that works. Mm -hmm. Or if you like, I've had a flooded building. So now I know how that works. So Mm -hmm. over time, when you have to deal with things, so that's when you figure out how to do it. And then yeah. over time, you gain all this knowledge because you've had to do all the stuff. So, yeah, I think it's uh, that doesn't seem like a long time to me. No, no. And the turnover is so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, we're in a 52 person library. I'm seven years in and I am the. Like the second or third longest tenured director in the 52 library system. So, wow. Yeah. So when you sit down and start the budget process for the next fiscal year, what are two or three things that you look at initially? Well, I, I guess I look at the number. I'm fortunate that we haven't dropped in funding, but we haven't increased in my decade and a half year. So wow. as, as book prices rise and heating prices rise, you know, costs rise. So I'm, I'm always taking that into account. Kind of look at, are there some big um, technical needs? You know, we have a big computer budget thing coming up here, you know, so you kind of look at that, um, you know, what are maybe some things that need to be done on the building, you know, we got some new doors in last year, sliding doors, and, you know, so there's not something specific I look at, but that's all things I kind of think about, you know, and the, our funding, you know, how that plays off of things and circulation, so, you know. Sliding doors is a big project. Like facilities is. is a huge budget line. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure those doors work right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've been That's great. A huge project. Automatic doors. They've been awesome. So, yeah. One of my libraries, when I first started, they told me the first week the door doesn't close, the door doesn't lock. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, we probably should make sure the door locks. So, yeah. I had to call the door guy and they had put some insulation strips and adjusted it and then as the winter went on and the doors open and closed they got flat mm-hmm. and it didn't click when yeah. it closed so yeah we had, had to adjust it week yeah, one we... in my first director job okay let's make sure the door locks 
Yeah, there you Seems go. Seems pretty basic. <laughs> so facilities, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So why did you go to library school? And based on your career so far, does that reasoning still hold? So I, library school, like I had, so I graduated with a psych degree, psychology degree, taught sixth grade in New Mexico for a year, and then moved back to Western Wisconsin and kind of not knowing what I was going to do. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I was going to go for a, a job working as, working in the laundry department at a local um, nursing home. And I was at a bar one night and a woman was there and we talked and there was an opening, that page opening there. So that's how I got into <laughs> libraries. We weren't really library users as a family. We we're book buyers. You know, my dad is this, this huge book collector. Yeah. So, you know, we we're book buyers, not necessarily library users, but something about libraries always appealed to me. I still remember my first big writing project in fourth grade, writing about uh, writing about coyotes. I remember going, looking through the card catalog. It's just, that's just kind of a, 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 a flagship moment for me, you know, the research, mm -hmm. as I remember that. Uh, but uh, I'm getting a little off track here. But uh, the reason I went to library school is I really enjoyed it. I got about three, four years in. I worked my way up. I worked three, four different jobs, got a job at reference, really liked it. And so that's when I applied to library school um, in the hopes of just being a, 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 ref, a, a head of a reference department one day. That's really why I went to library school. And as my master's ended, I got that reference job, but definitely helped me get my director job. So based on my career, I definitely think uh, the reasoning still holds. I mean, it was to, to be a reference librarian, but I should have known the career would probably lead to being a director. So one of my professors in library school said, so many people go to library school, they don't want to be a manager. Yet they don't realize that almost everyone becomes a manager of something <laughs> at some point yeah. because of the size of some libraries, if nothing else. You're yeah. this through attrition sometimes, you're going to be managing something. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Where can people find your books? Well, they are um, at your, well, first you can find my website, joeneese.com, J O E N I E S E.com. Um, they're on the big, big, Big shooters there, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, some local bookstores here in uh, Western Wisconsin, and Fields Apart has gotten kind of some books, some independent bookstores all over the Midwest, which has been nice. But uh, yeah, if you ever want books, they're on my website. You can even email me, and we can work out a little deal there if the price isn't to your liking. So, or great, please suggest them to your library. I, I, I yes. always say that too. I uh, I'm in the the book buy or book writing game, and I'm not a book buyer. So um, as a librarian, I kind of stopped when I started working in libraries. I kind of stopped buying books. So um, please suggest it to your library too. But your book, your library buys a lot of books. So that's that's how I feel like the library. Right. I I may not buy so many, but my library buys a lot yes. that I recommend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely get my fix that way. Yeah. Definitely. Within the guidelines, well, within the guidelines, right? Within the yes. of course, within your collection development policy. Yeah, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Larry. This is fun talking to you. I appreciate you inviting me today. Thank you to Joe Neese for being my guest today on the Librarian Linkover. I enjoy all of the comments I've received on the content I'm providing in my podcast. Please like and follow the Librarian Linkover on your favorite podcast app. Follow on social media and visit thelibrarianlinkover.com for more content.
Thank you so much for listening.